0: Um, I'm Simon Scholes. I'm the founder and creative director of Perception Studios. We're an award-winning visual marketing agency. We help brands and businesses create content that helps them stand out either on social media generally, but across the board. And it could be all sorts of different things. It could be video, it could be animation, it could be aerial work, photography, graphics, all sorts of different types of stuff. But what happened was a couple of years ago, actually about three or four years ago now, it became quite obvious to me that not every brand, not every business had this massive budget for their marketing. And they wanted to have content created consistently for their social media, but they didn't have the budget to do that. So how do you as a brand, as a business, create content for social media on a consistent basis? Because that's the most important thing for social media, is that you are consistently putting content out that is valuable to your audience. But if you're not consistently putting that content out, if you can't make it, then how do you make it? If you can't pay for somebody to do it for you, is there a way you can do it yourself? Yes, there is. You can do a lot of stuff yourself for free to a point. So what I did was I sat down and I came up with a process. I called it how to nine times your social media. And basically, it's a process that takes you through from everything from planning all the way to podcasting and all the stuff that happens in between as well, so that you have lots of content every single week to post out about your brand and your business and yes, it's cost you time to create it, but it's not cost you any money to create it by going to an agency and getting it done for you. The Social Media Podcast with Simon Scholes. Tips, hints, and great content ideas. We're going to talk about the fact that it is National Teddy Bear Day. Do you have a teddy bear? Because from today, it is going to be fine. It's going to be finally okay for you to sit down and talk to your teddy bear people aren't going to look at you crazy anymore, because I'm telling you right now, you can sit down and talk to your teddy bear, because this is something I did myself. I'm often asked by a lot of people, how do I talk to, not at my audience? And this was something I learned back in my radio days when I was a radio presenter. One of the first snoops I ever had was with my boss. And he sat me down. And a snoop is where you go through the recording of your last show or a few recent shows. And they say, right, okay, this is good. That's not so good. Don't do this again. That's brilliant. And so you get a good overview of what you need to keep doing on your shows to keep improving as a presenter. And the main thing that came out of my first ever snoop was you need to learn to connect with the audience, the people who you are talking to, because the audience members, you want them to think of you as a mate, You want them to think of somebody who could maybe go for a pint with or a good night out with, somebody who would be fun to go out with. That was the ethos of the station. And that's how you need to be presenting your content. When you are on camera talking to your audience, be it in a live piece of content or just a recorded, you need to learn to talk to your audience, not at them. And I had to come up with a way of doing this because obviously when you're talking to a camera or when you're talking to a microphone like this, there's nobody there. It's an invisible audience. You know there's people consuming what you've got to say, whether it's in the live or in a replay or in the radio's side of things, tuned in in the car while they're driving along. You know there's people listening, but how do you talk to them when you can't see them and you certainly can't hear them responding to what it is that you've uh, you've said, whether it be funny or sad or whatever. So the thing that I came up with and that really worked well for me Um, And I'm hoping this will work well for you is I took a teddy bear and I stuck it behind the microphone on the windowsill. There was a window behind the, behind the, the mixing desk. And so I put the teddy bear there. The microphone was in front of the teddy bear. And basically, I spoke to the teddy bear as I was speaking to the microphone and it allowed me to break that barrier a little bit. Yes, there's not thousands of people in front of me, like there would be on radio and there's not hundreds of people, like there would be on a live video or replay of a video. But there are, there is something there that I can talk to. And it's not just an, an inanimate object like the, the, the microphone. It's something that I can kind of connect with, like a teddy bear, like I say. So what I want you to do is think about doing this when you're creating a video content. If you ever create video content where you're talking to the camera, talking to the lens, preferably live, but even if you're doing this recorded, get something that you can sit behind the lens of the camera. So number one, you talk to the lens, your audience is here, your audience is not on the screen, your audience is behind the lens. So make sure... The thing you're going to talk to is behind the lens. Now, you could use a teddy bear, which is what I used initially for my radio shows. Or you could use something like a photograph of a loved one or a photograph of um, your grandma or your granddad or your dad or your mom or, or your best friend or your dog, whatever it might be, your children. Put it behind the lens and talk to that picture. Now, if I had a picture behind my lens right now, I would be talking to that. I'm still talking to you behind the lens. Just, I am able to connect to a photograph. I'm able to connect to the people that are there. I'm able to talk to them. And it just breaks that barrier down a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. If you say anything funny, if you say anything sad, these things are not going to respond to you. And that's where you have to give time and space and breathing to allow those things to sink in for the audience. However, it will really, really help you Break that barrier down. Yes, the audience is still invisible, but you've got that thing that you can talk to. You can talk to that thing. You can communicate with that thing, and you can talk to, not at your audience. So you end up having an emotional connection between you and a photograph or you and your teddy bear, whatever it might be but that emotional connection will hopefully come through the lens to the people who are watching at the other end as well. And like I say, this could be on live content. It could be on a replay. It could be on recorded. It could be on a podcast, whatever you want. You want to try and create a connection between you and the people who are consuming your content. So on this national teddy bear day, I want you to take that tip away with you. When you come to create some video content where you are talking to the lens, you are talking to the audience, and this is usually live content. Put something behind the lens. Number one, it will help you speak to the lens rather than looking at yourself on the screen. And I know you're beautiful, but you shouldn't be looking here. You should be looking there where your audience is. But also, it will just help you break that connection between an invisible audience and just something that's there that you can talk to. Hopefully, that will help you a little bit. And uh, I'd love to see some of the content as well. So when you have done this in your video content, be it a live or a recorded piece of content, stick it in the comments on this platform right now. Um, I would love to see it. I'd love to see your content, love to see your videos and see how you got on with doing this because that would be absolutely awesome. Um, Right, as always, we are going to skip into questions now. Whatever platform you're watching on, be it Periscope, be it Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching stick your comments and your questions into the comments on this particular platform. If you're watching on the live, we'll answer them in this live broadcast. If you're not watching on the live, if you're in the replay, just put hashtag replay beforehand and um, then just ask your question and we will answer it either in the comments or we can put it into the next live, which will be happening on Friday around about the same time. Okay, we've got um, a couple of questions that have come in beforehand, so we're gonna go through those. And then if any questions come in, we'll answer them as well. Uh, So Amy has asked the question, um, or actually just kind of put a statement out. um, I'm passionate about interior design and renovational kind of stuff, um, but I don't have the experience of a degree in this area. How can I do it for a living? Well, Amy, if you have the skill to do this and you have a passion about it, you don't have to have a degree. I don't have a degree in social media. I have a degree in business information systems, which includes marketing and economics and all that kind of stuff. But I don't have a degree in social media. I had a passion about it about 15 years ago when Yahoo forums all kicked off. And so I just learned as I went and learned more and more and more until I'm in the position where I am now where I still don't know everything and nobody knows everything. But you just keep learning and just keep learning and just keep learning and you're the same so hopefully you've spent time actually learning your craft as an interior designer learning your craft of renovation so start putting some of that value out whether it's connecting to feng shui or whether it's connecting to a particular like blank canvas rooms or whatever it might be maybe start points that value out to people so they can get something from it. So, uh, for example, how to make a room look bigger than it actually is. Maybe put a mirror on this wall or something like that. How to dampen the sound in a room without having to have rugs everywhere. Well, you could do this and you could do that and put this in the corner and all those kind of things. Whatever it might be, start giving value in that area of expertise of interior design. You don't need to have a degree... To do that particular job, yes, people might look at it as you have more knowledge if you have a qualification, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not an essential thing. Um, If you have your own style and you're good at what you do, then put examples up of it. Show people what you've done. Show people the the case studies of, of things that you've worked on. If you haven't worked on anything yet, offer it to some friends. Find some friends who may be living in a bit of clutter perhaps or what have you and just say, do you mind if I help you maybe design your room so that it, it feels bigger or less cluttered or what have you, especially if that's something they've mentioned to you, and then do that for free and use that as a case study. Show it off to people. But start giving value in that area. There's so much value you could give within interior design. Again, without just like going, oh, put this picture on your wall or what have you, there's so much value you could give. So start giving some value. You, If you've learned your craft, then that's what you do. You keep pushing forwards and giving value in that craft area. If you haven't learned your craft yet and it's just something you like and you've got a passion about it but you've not really done any learning yet, go away and learn and then come back and start giving some of the value that you've learned and putting your own slant onto it as well. It's the same as trending content on TikTok and places like that. I'm like, it's all well and good to jump on a trend But why not put your own slant on it, your own twist on it, so that it becomes you and your content that just happens to be on part of trend? So take a look at that. But absolutely, Amy, just start giving some value. Um, And that way, once you've given some value and shown some case studies, people might start to approach you and say, could you come and look at my place in New York? Could you come and look at my place in, in Newark? Could you come and look at my place in Philly? I don't know, whatever. Um, but you've got to just get out there and start doing it and showing people stuff in the first place. I uh, hope that helps you. Um, okay, next one. Um, just quickly check to see if we've got any questions. Nothing yet. That's cool. Okay, so Danny has got in touch. Um, this is a bit of a wide spectrum question. So um, I'm going to kind of hone it in a little bit. He's asking, um, I don't have the budget for a company to come and film. How do you film on an iPhone? Okay, so you got your iPhone. Number one, shall we cover the factor of the budget? You would be amazed what budget you need to have some content created. And it also depends on what content you need creating. So, Danny, what I would do is try and find some reputable companies, not expensive companies, but just people who are not going to con the shit out of you, for want of a better way of putting it. Basically, what you want is an agency who's going to come in and create content that you need creating. This is the one thing that I learned when I first started as a video agency. We're now a visual marketing agency. But as a video agency, you'd go networking and there'd be all these video companies going, oh, well, you need a video for your website. Because if you've got a video on your website, it'll increase your SEO and your dwell times and your conversion rates. And yes, it can do that. But if your website's not getting the visitors in the first place, having a video on your website is not going to solve that problem. So then you need to start thinking, right, okay, what kind of content do I really need? Do I need a showcase piece for my website to keep people on the website? Because maybe you're getting thousands of people hit your website, but they're leaving almost instantly because the front page is a bit confusing about what it is that you do. In that case, having a showcase video, brilliant idea. But if you're getting thousands of people hit your website, and then they're going further into your website and buying your product, you don't need a video on your website. Because you're already converting those people who come. What you do need is more people to visit your website so that you can keep converting those leads. If you're already converting like 70 or 80% of your leads because they're coming to your website and buying, that's awesome. Yes, it'd be nice to have that other 20% and have 100%, but don't worry about that. What I would concern myself about is getting more people to my website because you're already converting a really high number. So what I would concern myself is what content can I put elsewhere? What content can I create for other platforms that will draw people to my website so I can convert even more of that 70%? So you've got 1,000 people visiting now because you've got content elsewhere drawing people into your website. You've got 3,000 people visiting your website and you're converting 70% of that. That's what you want. So I would be looking at that kind of thing. So number one, Don't always expect the budgets to be massively high for a company to come in and help you create some content. And make sure you get a company who is not going to just dive in and go, yeah, you need a video for your website and then make the video and walk away. You want somebody who's going to help you and understand what you need to do with video content that you're going to create. The second thing is if you really, really, really don't have the budget, yes, you can shoot things on your iPhone, but there comes a point where it's not going to be as good as what somebody else can do, obviously. So number one, you need to look at things like lighting. Can you use backlight from um, windows, that kind of thing? Obviously, this kind of backlight, not ideal. It's making me look pink because the curtains are pink. It's also behind me rather than in front of me. But this is just the position I have to have my computer. Now, in an ideal world, I'd have my computer here. I would be sat there. And so the, the light from the window would be lighting me rather than behind me. So I would look completely different. I'd look a lot less pink than I do now. In fact, the whole room would look a lot less pink than it does now. But that's just the way it has to be, unfortunately. But I do have a ring light down here that's kind of lighting up a little bit so I'm not so dark because I've got the light behind me. But think about lighting. Think about set design. Um, And also, most importantly of all, and this is a big, big thing, and I've had people do this in the past on a regular basis, don't film like that film like this because it's it's so, it's so so important because you want to be able to use this content in lots of different places. And the way you frame your video and the way it looks is really important. Now, perfection, as I always say, is not essential, but there are certain things that trigger people a little bit and having two black lines down the side of your content because you filmed it in vertical is just one of those things. So when you're putting content out, unless you're putting it onto like Instagram stories or on TikTok or on Snapchat, always film it in landscape. Then you can change it ever so slightly so that when you're editing it, you could set up your editing software so it's good for TikTok and then reframe it so that it works for TikTok or reframe it so it works for an Instagram post. But because you've got that widescreen version, then you can use it on YouTube. You can use it on LinkedIn. You can use it on Facebook. You can still use it on Instagram. Just make sure you get the framing right. Otherwise, half of your face might be off the screen or what have you um, at the wrong point. But yeah, just look at how you're filming your content. Lighting and the fact that it's in landscape will, number one, make a huge difference. What I would also recommend is don't do it handheld. Because you'll get that shake, and even if it's got somebody else who's looking like they're being fairly sturdy, there's still a movement there. There's still movement. Get a tripod. Get a fitting that's going to work with it. That's really important as well. um And if you can, if you can afford it, buy a microphone, and um, be it something like a lapel mic on a on a cable which you can plug into the bottom of your phone, um, or something different, like a Bluetooth mic, like a Sennheiser, um, Bluetooth mic, wireless mic, um, the Sennheiser memory mic, really great. I think I've got it linked in the section below, um, which is a really cool microphone comes with an app where you can film in it as well. So then it syncs the audio from the microphone and the video together. Um, but yeah, those are kind of some of the simple tips I would say, and um, the other things I would recommend obviously are some of the settings. Make sure that you get your exposure right. Make sure that you're not overexposed. Make sure you're not underexposed. All those kind of things. Right now, obviously, like you can see, how much sunlight's coming through this area here, massively overexposed. So the behind me is overexposed. The curtains are pink. It's lighting me as pink because of that. Get that kind of thing right. I can't get it right because of the space I'm working in and the timeframes I have to work in on my live content. But if you have a look at some of my recorded content, very different. I spin myself around, I put my camera here, I have lighting down over the top of me so I look a little bit nicer, a little bit less old. Um, I look a bit more normal color, <laughs> colorization. I use a different lens so that there's a nice shallow depth of field behind me. I have my logo on the computer, it looks totally different. I have my microphone plugged in, all those kind of things. So If you're recording it on an iPhone, just try and work as best as you can to the limitations of an iPhone. They may shoot in 4K, but you are not a professional filmmaker. So I would, number one, try and talk to professional filmmakers. If you've got any budget at all, you'll be surprised how little it can cost to have some content created. If you really have no money, then just some of those simple little tips will hopefully help you create content on your iPhone. and yeah away you go, basically. And hopefully that kind of helps a little bit. If you've got anything else you want to ask about, about iPhone filming and stuff like that, just drop me a DM. I'll do my best to answer them as I possibly can do. Or we can have like a one-to-one or something and have a chat through some bits and pieces. Anyway, right. Uh, No more questions have come through from anybody at the moment watching. So uh, as always, I am going to disappear. I'm going to go and do some work. So thank you so much, as always, for watching. It really does amaze me that people still tune into these on a regular basis. If you're watching on the replay, say hello in the comments. Let me know that you're out there. If you've got any questions, stick them in there too with hashtag replay on the question, and then I'll um, do my best to either answer it in the comments, or we can put it into the next live, which will be happening on Friday. Uh, But until then, uh, hit that subscribe button hit that share button, make sure we keep building the community, make sure we keep getting more and more people watching this content, more and more questions coming in, more and more answers being given. And until Friday, stay safe. Um, It is a weird, weird situation at the moment in the UK, Um, and I'm sure it's kind of changing elsewhere as well. But until Friday, have a good one, and uh, thanks for watching. Bye. This was a Perception Studios production.